what is ready then? Like by your standards, it's I'm 28. I've been dating this girl for 10 years and I'm not man enough to put a ring on her finger and uh, respect her enough to have a family and actually do what a, a relationship is supposed to do. Men were just men. They're just 18. They're married. They get, got a job and actually knew how to change a tire, things like that, <laughs> or, you know, tie tie, just, you know, basic things. And this is like, we just want to be kids forever. That's why we're not ready. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. Hope you are all having a happy and blessed Lent. We are, there we counting? Exodus 90. 104. <laughs> Feels like it. I think we're like 70, 73 or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got like 18 more days or something, something like that. So I mean, who's counting when you're 90 days and you're away from it? So we're almost there. Um, welcoming Miko back. What's up, Meeks? What's going on, guys? All the way from Stu. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, inspiration today is coming to me. Yeah, just thinking about uh, this question I constantly get asked, um, and I think you guys get asked as well, is about dating and discernment. And I'm probably sure, since we all fit the category, is you're all too young to get married. You're too young to settle down. You're too young to start a family. You're too whatever, whatever. So we figured, you know what? We, we can all speak to that. You two uh, in a very specific way because you're living that right now. Your mom and I are a little further removed from that. But we have something to say about that. So just kind of wanted to dialogue because I know there's a lot of um, different demographics, but a lot of parents watch this, um, but also a lot of youth, right? A lot of your peer groups we've been getting. Um, shout out to Ray and uh, the Joy of Faith. We've been getting a lot of people getting active on the channel. So we appreciate you, Ray. Um, and a lot of people have been jump jumping on. Um, we've been seeing a lot of comments come through. And um, even on Ray's channel where some of the folks who saw our uh, our discussion our pbk episode on the joy of faith where you had some 20 year olds right really excited about um other people in their peer group like meeks and keone living out that um that faith and that 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 call vibrantly <coughs> but also right living a a, a, a life of um, virtue and living a life that um, aligns well with the vocation that you've been called to so just want to kind of open it up because keone is newly married in October 10, 10, 2020, and Nico was about to be married <laughs> in two months, right, Meeks? <laughs> yeah, it's coming quick. You're going to get you, you know. And, you know, Mom and I are celebrating, um, you know, 26 years of marriage uh, this year, so we, we know a little something about marriage. So I'm going to start with the, the, the newlywed um, in, in the house uh, county. What... What say you about dating and discernment, um, first and foremost? Um, well, no, let's start backwards. What, what, what made you know that Michelle, your beloved bride, was the one? Um, I actually get asked that question a lot. Um, what I always tell people is that I knew that Michelle was the one when I, in the, in the honeymoon, like, wow, you know, the there's this new girl and we start talking for a few weeks, like that time period. Right. I knew that Michelle was the one when I couldn't find something wrong with her. And, and when I say something wrong, like something that I would like usually do is when I would be talking to different girls and trying to see if, you know, if I should date them or whatever. Um, 
I would like almost self-sabotage the relationship. I'd be like, well, I can't because of this. Um, and it, it could be anything from a physical attribute or a, a, a belief system or something. I'd find something within the first couple of weeks. And I remember I would talk to my mom, uh, you know, me being uh, in Ohio at the time and, and trying to figure out like, you know, if I'm called to marriage and, and when that, that call would really come full, full front. And um, it was when I met Michelle that, you know, a couple of weeks went by, I'm like waiting for something to come up, you know, so I'm feeling, you know, free, I get to move on and nothing was there. And I was like, all right, I guess uh, we're going to give this one a shot. So it was at that point where was, I found a lot of peace where I wasn't looking at um, the potential downfalls or the, the negative attributes. Um, but I saw her for her and I, and I loved it and I wanted to know more. Um, and I think it was at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give her a chance. I'm going to give this a chance. And God really did the rest there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So Meeks, how did you know Ella was the one? Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one too, just cause I was 15 when we started dating. So I don't even know if I was the one. Um, it's hard to know. If, I don't, I mean, it was kind of similar to Keone, at least, I don't know if I could say exactly when I knew she was the one, but the first reason why I was even interested was kind of like Keone, because we had talked for a couple of days, or a couple of weeks, I mean, and I like still had interest, which is like one of the first times I'd done that. Um, I mean, I was 15, so kind of obviously you're not super interested for a long period of time at that age um, into anything. And so I was really just, I think you could see like the ride or die in Ella very early on. Um, just inviting her to church, inviting her to all those other things, and her just feeling like, yeah, I'm down for literally everything. And like, took a couple months of us talking. She wanted to get her sacraments, and so just all these things that she was um, just on board with really drove me like, wow, this is a pretty special girl I'm dealing with. And I remember like specifically one time, just kind of sitting her down and being like, hey, might be a deal breaker for you, but like, here's everything I believe in. You know, from all the Catholic Church stances to some of my political beliefs, all these kind of things, and she was just kind of like, yeah, sounds good to me. And I was like, all right, you want to get married now or if you wait? Because um, then I was like 16 by that time. Um, and then I think once I knew I was like really discerning marriage, because obviously at 15, it's hard to say that I was really discerning marriage at the time. Um, I think just like growing up and the more you realize um, how special the person you have is, is right in front of you and um, like kind of looking out and just seeing like other relationships fail and kind of looking out into the world and being like, wow, that's kind of a lot of crap out there. And like something I have here can't really be replicated. And then also just her willingness to like want to be a mom and her priorities aligning with mine, starting a family, um, raising kids in the church, all those kind of things. But I knew I was just somehow able to find that Downey High School in Modesto, California. Um, wasn't Franciscan, wasn't Central Catholic, wasn't none of those, wasn't a youth group. Um, I think over time you just kind of realize, or I just kind of realized that God had put Ella into my life, and uh, it was my duty to make sure I uh, put it in the bag, you know, and make sure I secure those. <laughs> and so that's what kind of what I just had to do. Nice. So let's talk about, um, you know, it's kind of like, a question I'm sure for a lot of people out there approaching uh, the approach to dating. 
So in kind of the Catholic sphere, we all, we often hear like you you date to discern marriage, right? So you know there's there's multiple vocations for those of you out there. There's not there is the married life. Most of us are called to the married life, but we know about holy orders and the priesthood and religious life, religious sisters, consecrated singles, um, uh, consecrated virgins. There's a lot of that out there. So how did uh, I'll go back to Keone? How did you approach dating um, in that context and you know, what's your thoughts about it in today's world? Um, well, similar to what Mika was saying, like, uh, we didn't really have interest for a lot of things, like, especially when it came to, like, talking to different girls, it didn't last pretty, like long. I know we were, we were really busy, and we are engaged in sports, and there's, you know, there's passion. So for, like, a girl to come and to our lives and to really, like, okay, this is important, um, I mean, for better or for worse, you know, it just, it didn't stick. Um, and as far as like the other um, vocations, I mean, I don't think Holy Orders was in Meek's bag or my bag. <laughs> uh, I, I, there was never an inclination like, eh, maybe you can be a priest. I think there was priests who I would look up to and I would like respect. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But it was never like, I want to do that. Or, you know, I feel called to do that. Um, and, you know, and to be honest, there was moments where I was like, is it going to come though? <laughs> like, is, am I going to go to a retreat? And out of nowhere, there's this overwhelming, like, that's your calling. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> just wake myself up, you know? Uh, but I, I, you know, I never had that call. And I, as I got more mature in my faith, I would actually, you know, Lord, if it is an opening, like if you want me to be a priest, you can let me know. You better let me know loud and clear because <laughs> I'm going to this direction. Um, but yeah, I, I never really had that inclination, not even the slightest, um, I always knew I wanted to be a husband. I wanted to be a father. Um, and, you know, I chose from the moment, what was it, eighth grade when I was confirmed? Something like that? Yeah. Freshman, yeah, eighth grade. And, you know, my patron saint was St. Joseph, just, you know, just growing up, wanting to be a father, wanting to play sports with my kiddos growing up, wanting to have a wife and to start a, a family and start a life together. That was always something that was always really excited to do. Um, but... Like I said, when I when I met Michelle, it was um, it it became serious, kind of like Meeks was saying, because we we were so passionate about the things that took our time and attention, mm -hmm. schoolwork where we did the best, where right? it's you know we don't get B's type of mentality, you know when we're in sports we put everything in, we grind to be the best we can be, so why would that be any different with our our um, intimate relationships, you know like it's not worth my time, mm -hmm. and so. As I was dating, even in high school, um, a couple of things is it was usually my, my Catholic faith. So I, I think if I'm looking back at it, I never dated someone um, that wasn't Catholic. And the majority, if not all of them, were um, non-practicing, really. Mm -hmm. um, but they were Catholic. And I, and I made that a point going, going into it because of the, the belief system. Like, we can start there. Um, so... That was something that was really important to me, um, but I think that's that's something that's kind of missed now. I feel like you mentioned, you know, how is this how is this kind of happening nowadays? Um, I think more people are just in question. I, I, like even you know back in the day, where, like when I was in high school, and I, it was like, yeah, I'm Catholic, and I go to mass every once in a while, and, and it was kind of like that. But now I feel like it's even more of a question. Like, I don't even know if I'm Catholic. I, my parents are kind of Catholic, but I'm more like spiritual or like, you know, like it's, it's, I feel like it's gotten even more removed. 
exactly like they're just like kind of somewhere in the ethos just like vibing yeah is that's what i feel like it is now based on what i've heard um just from the youth yeah um so I, i think it's harder nowadays because of first of all everything is social media like everything about who you are and you know there's this pc culture so to say like i have a religious background that does say some things are actually wrong and even sinful um that's hard to do um for men or women so i think it's more difficult nowadays but something that was important to i know meeks and i when we were really wanting to um to date discern dating someone was do we align like mentally you know um because yeah there's going to be the physical traction that's going to come but for us to like actually pause our lifestyle everything that we were involved in and um to do that we had to have some sort of like mental uh similarity or else it, it would it wouldn't last long Meeks, what yeah. about you? How, how did you approach it um well i was the only girl i ever dated so i don't have like a plethora of stories to tell but for me um similar to county um, even in girls, I was maybe like entertaining a thought, maybe was talking to a little bit. I was like trying to detect if there was like a foundation there. Maybe if they weren't practicing Catholic or maybe they're open to it, something like that. Um, I was baptized and I was actually having any of our sacraments. And so for me, that's why I had that talk and sat her down with those because it was like, if you can't agree with these things, there's nothing else I could really do. Because you're not trying to spend the whole relationship changing that person. Uh, you guys have to be like helping each other grow. Mm. And so obviously as someone who is responsible for being brought up in the faith, I contain a greater responsibility to help show her and guide her in things that she wasn't guided in and her parents didn't teach her. But at the same time, I can't spend my whole relationship just changing a person hoping that one day when, you know, maybe we have two kids, they'll figure it out then. Or stuff like that. So for me, it was huge to just like have that talk. And I never was just thinking about dating for fun and in any time before or after or before L or anything like that. Um, it was yeah. I don't know. It was just like either we're doing this and we're gonna be married or we're just wasting our time. And so I was just kind of brought up with that mentality from what you and mom had told us. It was like just date to get married and if you're not doing that then you shouldn't be dating that person so i was just like man that sounds like pretty true to me i don't know why i wouldn't just kind of just date for fun that kind of idea and yeah i mean that was my biggest thing was just trying to figure out is this person someone that's going to take the faith seriously because if not then there's going to be too much i mean i think the more that you grow up and more in your relationship you realize how much baggage you carry into that and how much you have to kind of like work on yourself and then to imagine trying to work all that out for the other person because they have no knowledge of faith or maybe no motivation to get more into the faith, it would just be a nightmare. So that's just something I kind of try to stay away from. You know, you bring up a huge point because, and this is probably more of a, a, a female problem than it is a male problem. But what you identified was so many people uh, see people as projects. Well, I can change them. Right. I mean, I'm like, you can't change anybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? If that person doesn't want to change um, and how many people end up saying, um, we'll get together, get married. And then just like you said, well, let me work on them. Let me work on them. And then when you marry them two years later with three kids later, two kids later, one kids later, five years later, whatever that time ring is, it's just like, you knew what you got into when you married me. This is who you married. 
But so many people think that they can, um, because they're all lovey-dovey emotionally in love, they meet somebody like, oh, they'll change for me. And then they compromise. And then, um, so that's pretty, uh, well, maybe uh, that's a, a shout out to me and mom for, uh, for instilling that, at least, at least in your brain, right? I think <laughs> uh, as, the, as the youngest in the household. But what do, uh, what do you think about that, Keone? Because I think that's an issue we see today in the dating world, especially is I can change that person. And then their heart gets broken. And then, you know, God forbid they are married and end up getting a divorce. And then, you know, kids are without a, a, one of the parents or they're living in broken homes. And that's what we see. Mm-hmm definitely mm-hmm. in the world today yeah i think it's huge as as meeks was talking about it i was like no that's 100 percent true and mm-hmm. I, I even saw it in my life but i i think just given the culture today people who are dating even to the get to the point of dating they have to have some sort of um desire for like de- true intimacy some sort of permanency you know something real because I mean, every like you said, the, the like with the, the hookup culture or whatever it may be, that's it's so just quick and fleeting, right? So mm-hmm. to even get to the point, I think in today's culture to date, there has to be some sort of like existential like connection that I think you would have. But um, I w- I would say I feel like oftentimes just based on what I've heard from friends and, and through social media and youth or whatever, I feel like oftentimes there's one person who's usually more of a belief than the other, and it's oftentimes like you said the female. Mm-hmm. that has more of a belief system and often tries to change the other person. Well, I'm going to like not, you know, I'm going to evangelize. Or I'm going to love them so much that they're just going to want to change and be the, the, and be the man that they should be or be the woman that they should be or whatever. And, and usually I know, especially if it's a man that needs to change, why, why do they need the change? Right. You know? And then like you said, the situation where they get married, it's like, well, I'm already married to you. Yeah. Why do I need to, to, <laughs> stand up and, and change myself you know mm-hmm. that's that's not easy to do um and and kind of as meeks was describing his relationship with with ella and her openness that's really another thing that i forgot to mention with uh, michelle my wife is her openness and i knew that like from the get-go i think it was like two weeks into it, i invited her to praise and worship into confession and i don't think she went to confession uh from pretty much since her first reconciliation or confirmation like it was a while and for her to even take on that challenge and to be open i knew like okay this is a keeper regardless of whether or not she was at my level spiritually or she knew how as much as i did theologically it didn't matter because um she was open and i think that's a key part because a lot of people that i see in in relationships or dating they have this faith they want to have a strong relationship the other person is like halfway in, halfway out, but they're not really open to changing. They're like, I'm just going to stay at this point and I'm going to, that's going to enough to keep you like at least sad. It's kind of satisfied, not like going insane, but I'm not going to actually try to be the best version of myself for the other mm. um, and try to get to heaven um, and try to bring the other person to heaven. You know, I don't, I don't think that's a conversation that's often had. Um, and so I would just say for the women, especially I would say, because um, I feel like oftentimes women are more desired of the relationship, right? They want to keep the connection. Whereas men are usually more of like, you know, hands-on, I do the task, I complete the task, you know? So it's a little bit harder for men because they, they just kind of, they don't, the relationship is not really what they're vibing with. They're like, I just go to work, I do my thing, and then I go kiss my wife, and I say what's up, and then, I, you know, I just like boom, boom, boom. But women are often like, they can take a beating 
you know, and they can be disrespected or, you know, disregarded to keep that relationship in hopes that their love will be finally recognized, right? Mm-hmm. And the man will be like, oh my gosh, I've been treating you so poorly. You love me so unconditionally. I need to change. That's often not the case, uh, unfortunately, you know, and I think, you know, for women, it's about having that honest conversation. Like, is the man actually going to be open to changing? Is he going to grow in virtue? Do you see him making you a better a better Christian, a better Catholic? Is he, do you see him trying to um, right his wrongs and, and also help you get to heaven? And then for the men, if you are in the faith and you're, and you're discerning, I think, I think men are in an advantage if they're of the faith mm-hmm. because they can, they can lead someone, a, a girl who is kind of maybe astray because of that, that kind of advantage that women will still want to, typically the women will want to keep their relationship. They'll want to keep the connection I mean, that's more meaningful than it usually would be for a man when it comes to letting go of things that are hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's our responsibility, like Meeks and I, you know, both of the girls that we, we started talking to and ended up, you know, wanting to marry or me marrying, well, they were open. They weren't full on going to mass on Sunday. They weren't, you know, practicing Catholics, but they were open. And it was our job as men to lead and say, okay, like Meeks was saying, like, this is my beliefs. This is what I. This is what I'm passionate about. This is how I view the world. Are you with me? And it's not like I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming, but are you with me? And it's. It's just a. I was going to mention this uh, after Miko shared his story. It's a dance. You know, it's not easy to do. This is the first couple of years. I was dating Michelle. It was really hard because I, we we're just at different levels spiritually, and there's a part of you that wants to bring her with you. Um, but there's another part that you kind of need to slow down and let God do the one, be the one that's um, converting her heart. And there's temptation, I think, I mean, at least for me, to want to control that process. You know, I want to speed it up or I want to bring her here because there's some sort of maybe anxiety that you know, maybe I made a mistake or there's this grasp for control. I want it to be this way now. Um, and that's just a really hard thing to do mm-hmm. um, is to be super patient. <laughs> with someone who's open you know it's already patient with someone who's not open but when they are open we tend to like want to jump the gun okay you're open let me throw all this stuff at you why aren't you changing and just kind of stepping back and be like it's a hard thing to actually change mm-hmm. being open is the first step of course but actually going through the brutal process of letting go of habits building new habits that's hard to do mm-hmm. and it just takes a lot of patience so um it was great that both of our significant others were open but it took a lot for us. I mean, Meeks, you can speak for yourself, but it took a lot for me at least to be really patient, to like do it, not because I want to, not because this is how I do it all the time. This is my faith. This is what I've always done. But let her find her own faith, obviously in accordance with the teachings of the church, but her own relationship with God. It's not my relationship with God. It's hers. Um, letting her find that. If I could, um, I want to throw something out there you guys could comment on. But it's something that I see a lot at Franciscan, and I think it's like a lot has to do with like practicing Catholics. But it's almost like the flip side of that. Where I see a lot of people like will one like jump in the gun, like this is probably the one because like he looked at me at mass, and like this is for sure gonna be it. <laughs> and then like um, almost like I assume, uh, there's a lot of relationships, and they start running to issues. And I'm not trying to diss. But, like, at Franciscan, a lot of kids, or even a lot of practicing Catholics, they'll be in a bubble because their parents, you know, they want to protect them. They don't want to kind of, like, get them to be propagandized and all that kind of stuff, which I understand. But at the same time, like, they don't have a lot of, like, relationship experience. 
And so in their mind, like as long as you're both theologically aligned and similar, that like everything else should be easy. So I find like a lot of relationships, uh, I'm speaking mostly from Franciscan because I don't have a lot of like Catholic friends at home, but people here, they run into issues and then it's like, man, what's God telling me? Like it, there's no, I, this can't be the one, then like God must be trying to show me something here. And it's just like, um, or it's called a relationship. And like we had a Bible study in my household. And I remember St. Paul essentially saying like, it's easier to be single. Like <laughs> maybe just like do that. Like for those of you who want a relationship, like, you know, like debatable. Like you maybe you don't really want to do that because it's easier to be single. And I, I remember that one kind of hitting me because I'm like, you know, this stuff is really tough. Like it, and like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, what do you know? You're 14, you're in the honeymoon phase, this and that. And um, I think like, if I was still in the honeymoon phase, I don't know if I'd actually be ready for marriage. Like, I, obviously, like, I'm yeah, in love with her and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah. if I just, if we just never argued, then there's no way I'd be ready for marriage. Because I think a lot of people, especially at, like, maybe, um, a lot of really practicing Catholics, may tend to fall in the camp of, like, oh, arguments is stuff when you're, like, already 20 years married and all that kind of stuff until you, like, you know, really find out about just, like, love languages and this different packages that you bring. Like, our upbringing has so much to do with how we interact and how like certain things will trigger us that we're not really sure about and you know maybe how uh my dad responded when i was young is how i'm going to respond and i don't really recognize that and there's so many things that go into it that we tend to like overlook because well this person's catholic and i'm catholic and i think a lot of people especially for parents i think teaching your kids understand like you need to go through these you need to experience like relationships are just hard work and there's so many things like love languages that you know, can kind of seem like cringy sometimes and a little bit extra, but they're real, even though Alex denies sometimes because they're very <laughs> conflicting love languages. Um, but all those stuff are, are, are true. That's how you express love to that person. And sometimes they don't receive it in the way that you express it, and that's going to cause arguments. Yeah. And then uh, there's just so many things where I just want to, like, you know, you want to discourage people from trying to fix people, and then you want to discourage them from also trying to run away and say, well, is God calling me elsewhere because there's issues in this relationship, which seems to happen a lot, at least on my campus, which would mean with young practicing Catholics as well. I mean, it's assuming, which may be wrong to assume, but that's just what I'm going for. Well, here's the thing with that, because I think it's, you know, as Catholics, we're both and. So I think it is important that you guys are uh, religious, faithfully aligned, theologically aligned, but you don't just throw that out and say, but I'm not going to work on the, you know, to your point, Miko, well, because of that, I'm not going to work on the relationship because it also just mad as if Catholicism is like this, you know, this magic pill that we, you know, we somehow just um, take or, you know, some type of fairy dust that we have and we put it over um, the relationship and then it's going to make it better. No, we bring in the family of origins. You have lug languages, you have temperaments, you have your own wounds that you may be bringing in. You may come in from a, a well intact family. They may come in from a dysfunctional or divorced or you know, uh, multiple whatever situation, drug addictions, you name it, just all this stuff that comes in there. Uh, but I but I think when I say both and, it means, yeah, I think the faith, because you're rooted in Christ, right? It's a sacrament for a reason that you need the grace of God working in it. It's sanctifying. It's a sacrament of service. You talked about um, this, is a, this is a self-giving sacrament, a vocation. You got to die to yourself every single day, especially as men, to serve your wife and your children if God blesses you with those mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. That being said, 
Does that mean, oh, all of a sudden, every day is glorious and butterflies and rainbows? No. Every day, when you, that, the honeymoon stage you described, Meeks, is, is really getting out of the, the emotional side of love. Right? Like, oh, yeah, it's, ooh, the nostalgia associated with all of that is like, ooh, yeah, great. And then all of a sudden, um, you open the presents and life starts. Right? Wedding day's over and like, boom, you're living together. Um, you have a little irritations. Like you said, you react to things differently. And uh, I think what people miss is you signed up for that. When people get married, they typically hear, you know, the vows. They hear, you know, good, rich, and healthy. And, they, and then when things go, you're poor, sick, and bad, then they say, I didn't sign up for this. And I was like, uh, no, you did, actually. You signed up for <laughs> in good times and in bad, for rich or for poor, and sick, in sickness and in health. But all they heard when they, because they're all emotional and everything's good is, just the good, the healthy, and the rich. And that takes work. When we have struggles, this is a person that you discern that God selected for you ultimately to get to heaven. Not to get your 401k, not to get the nice house, not to get the nice career, not to have life work out the way you dreamt it would, but to get you to heaven, ultimately. Yeah, I think that's something I ran into when I was at Franciscan too. And I think it's a temptation we can have is, you know, when you're discerning God's will, especially for an intimate other, you know, and, dis- and, and discerning dating or marriage. And that person potentially comes up, you're like, oh, is this the one God? And you get super excited. And then a bump comes in the road and you're like, okay, maybe it's not. Like, all right, God, thanks for the sign. But I saw that a lot of Franciscan, you know, you start talking to someone and what do you do? You take them to mass. And Sunday mass, you see like the new couples and it's like, Oh, shoot, what's going on here? It's a new couple. They're going to mass. That's pretty sick. Now they're at the calf sitting together like, whoa, that's huge. You know, like that's just how it went. But I think um, it's a sign of the faith ultimately. Mm-hmm. And why I say that is because I think we can fall into the temptation if majority of our faith is very emotion, like charismatic, praise and worship. It feels good. You know, I get the next high which, you know, these Steubenville conferences can be, retreats can be, stuff like that. And they're all good things, definitely. They serve their purpose. Mm -hmm. But if there isn't a deeper level of faith that, you know, seeks virtue, that, like, is overcoming your greatest defect, that is seeing the, um, you know, the, the power of sacrifice and suffering for another, if that's not a part of your faith, then, I mean, what do you expect, right? You're, if your faith is, you know, it feels good. My relationship with God is always just so powerful and meaningful. And I feel him all the time with the songs and everything. Well, what do you think? And you're meeting someone intimate, which is a reflection of God's love, someone you want to spend the rest of your life with, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel good. Well, it must not be from God. Because mm-hmm. my relationship with God is always good. It's always this song. It's this the smoke and mirrors, Right. Exactly. It's just pure vibes. <laughs> and I think that's just a temptation um, that we all could have. You know, it's like we see the bump in the road and like, okay, God, this, no, 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 you would never do that. Right. And it's actually that bump in the road that God may be calling you to overcome so that you can, one, be more open to his grace, mm-hmm. but to allow it to perfect nature, you know, and to actually help you to grow in virtue, to grow in love for each other through that obstacle. Not that every, you know, person you meet, if there's a, clear red flags you're like no no no. god's <laughs> calling me to suffer through this no but you know if you're dating someone and they're open to virtue they're open to getting you know you to heaven and you're open to getting them to heaven there's going to be bumps in the road because i was just you know you think about just practically 
you're taking two very different lives, upbringings, family of origins, sufferings, attachments, and you're going to try to make that one. Mm-hmm. How difficult can that be when the puzzle pieces are not like this perfect match? And like, click, there it is. Here's the puzzle. Here's the puzzle piece. It's not like that. Yeah. And, and God says, you're going to have to bend and break to fit that those pieces to make one flesh. And that is our call. Why do we think that's going to be easy? You know, and, and that's just, a, that's the same thing with our faith. God is going to provide, but we have to bend and be willing to bend and break and suffer to let go of the things that are worldly, the things that are broken to better fit with him and become, you know, his son or his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes work for us if we're open to it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, go ahead, Meeks. Uh, I was just going to, I don't want to play host here. <laughs> that's not my job, but um, uh, I was. There's another thing that I just want to address because it's like something I hear a lot as within like people that are um, just people my age, essentially, or like just the whole like when people talk to me about being ready, that um, irritates me the most. Um, and like, obviously, Dad, you can speak to this way more than I can. But I'll just offer my 20 year old perspective. That'll probably change in three months. <laughs> um, but I think this whole idea of like being ready to me is like the most nonsensical thing of all time. I think it's like a symptom of, I think college is huge. That's a symptom of college for sure, because we get to just party and have fun and be kids and hang out for four years. And then we just have no clue what we're doing because college doesn't actually teach you life lessons. It just puts you in debt and you learn some book after terms and you're ready to go. And so I think that's a huge reason. Obviously, our examples of what relationships are in uh, video games, all that kind of stuff, you know, playing Fortnite for eight hours a day till we're 27, and just all this stuff, um, just, you know, people be like, oh, no, man, I need to graduate. But then when they graduate, they need a house. But they have a house, but they don't have their car. They need a new car. They need all these things in order to be ready. And the reality is, like, you'll never be ready. And there's a lot of people who talk to me, they're like, dang, man, you're getting married in two months. That's good. Like, I need to figure my life out. Like, oh, man, I'm so behind. And I'm just like, dude, do you think I have my life figured out? <laughs> the only luxury that I had is that I was able to meet Ella in high school. That's the luxury I had. And I'm just man enough to say, like, I don't want to graduate and still be driving to our, each other's houses <laughs> and doing all this stuff. Like, I just want to live. Like, I know I'm going to struggle after college, but I'd rather do it with her than do it on my own. That's the only difference. It's not that, like, I'm, I may have to go back to Starbucks or DoorDash this summer. I don't know. You'd think I have an internship, but I don't yet. I have to figure out where I'm going to live next semester because we have one semester left here. There's a lot of things I don't know, you know? And so I think this, like, myth that you have to be ready or, like, this is the standard of being ready, that one irritates me a lot because then, like, a lot of parents try to tell me I'm not ready, which is fantastic to always hear. And just, like, what is ready then? Like, by your standards, it's I'm 28. I've been dating this girl for 10 years, and I'm not man enough to put a ring on her finger and uh, respect her enough to have a family and actually do what a, a relationship's supposed to do. Or just like, just those kind of things always irritate me. And just like looking back and seeing that, you know, earlier in times and like 1950s and all those times, and just like men were just men. They're just 18. They're married. They get, got a job and actually knew how to change a tire, things like that, or, or you know, tie-tie, just, you know, basic things, and this is, like, we just want to be kids forever, that's why we're not ready, Yeah. and, like, you know, like, I, guilty pleasure, I watch The Bachelor, right, 
sorry, I watch The Bachelor, but this guy is 29. He's on The Bachelor to get engaged. He's finally about to get engaged, and he's sitting there like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, I, It's literally what you signed up for. The whole point of Bachelor is go through, you know, these 27 women, find out, you get engaged, and he's 29 and still debating, man, I'm not sure if – it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, like it's that, but that, I mean, that's a representation of what people are today. It's just like, I want to control when I have the kids. I want to control all these things. They're never open. You guys don't want to be. You guys don't want to grow up. That's the whole point of it. You just want to be in a flat forever. You want to be living this life forever. And like, I don't know, marriage is the best thing to do for. And St. Paul says for those who struggle with, uh, I think like lust and stuff like that it's best to get to get married and things like that so like those things will kind of help you out in that in that sort of your life so you're not out there and being the, on the bachelor essentially is <laughs> like go find a relationship and go stick by that person's side and they'll help you grow and so i don't know there's a lot of things but you guys can do that what you no. want that just always irritates me yeah it was funny i was i was actually where i was going next right because the whole point was like you're too young to get married and I think everybody needs discernment is discernment and it's different for each person. And I, you know, I used to be of the camp. Um, well, yeah, when I, you know, before I had my reversion and when I was, you know, indoctrinated into a secular humanity, you know, humanism and, uh, uh Marxism, um, uh, just kidding. Um, but anyway, when I was sipping the Kool-Aid of the culture, that's what it is, right? Like what they, pe- what they mean is two things, honestly, is, um, or maybe three things. One is you're, when you think you're materially re- ready, right? Which means it's a selfish outlook and don't get in the way of whatever I want to do, right? Because it's like, this is my ambitions. This is my goals. I mean, look at the fight over uh, what we call, you know, the feminism and everything else that's going on today is right. Like somehow being a mom is looked down upon. And I'm like, the, 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 most, the most difficult, most important jobs you'll ever have is as a spouse and as a parent, because that's going to either bless or curse the culture we live in, the society, and we can see what what has swung the other way because we've taken God out and we don't value marriage and family. But I, I think it's a selfish outlook, and I think you're right. We've emasculated definitely a lot of men out there because they don't know. Was it Father Chad we were talking about that? It, what, if you weren't, like, ready to get married by 18, mm-hmm. you weren't even considered a man, right? Like, you're just, like, you're probably look, they are looking at you, like, in the corner, um, like <laughs> to be you know? on your own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you weren't ready because you weren't yeah. ready, you weren't ready to step up and be a man, um, to take to take on a wife and a family to provide for them to protect them to serve them, and there's just a lot of men who, you know, going back to the point um, we were talking about the difficulties of, uh, you know, what the the compromises, especially women that are make are making out there, right? The used to be a saying, there's still a saying, right? Why buy the cow when the milks are free, right? There's people like I don't need to work hard because the women have lowered the bar. Um, because they feel like they have to, because they don't see enough good men out there. Because all our men are playing Fortnite eight hours a day, and and um, you know what I mean on their switch uh, until <laughs> two a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, doing whatever they're doing, being little boys and not um, manning up and um, stepping up. And so women feel like they have to either compromise or right, overly overcompensate for the, the areas that we're we're not um, fulfilling. And but I would just say, speaking of that. Um, as far as you know being ready in the sense i think being ready you need to be ready you have to have a clear understanding of what you're about to take on right so you know miko keone you knew that i'm about to be a a husband and i'm a husband and then if god blesses you i'm about to be a father 
well, there's a certain level of responsibility. You don't really know, no, right? You can see, you can understand, we can talk about it, we can have some, uh, some, some formation, but you won't know until you step into it and, and it hits you in your face. But you're putting in the work now. It's training day, right? So you're putting in the, ver- that's the thing going back to even your, your fellow peers at Franciscan, is are you putting in the work to deal with the relationship aspect of marriage, the sacrifice aspect of marriage, the virtue aspect of marriage? Are you putting in that work? Because there's going to there's gonna be a time whether it's a week or 10 years after you say yes, and I do in front of the altar, when you don't feel like it anymore, all the stuff you're talking about, the feelings piece of it, you don't feel like being dad, but you are dad. You don't feel like hearing what everybody has to say because you were tired long days. Guess what? Doesn't matter. You don't feel like going to work. Guess what? Doesn't matter. It's your job, your responsibility. So maybe what people say, you know, you're too young. It just means they're not ready because they're immature. And I don't mean that necessarily in age wise, but I mean that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, they're not there. And you, to your point, Meeks, I mean, you know, mom and I met in high school. We met when, when I was 15, too. And, um, yeah, I, I can look back and say, mom is ride or die. Mom has been with me through. She, I don't have to worry about her um, looking for Daddy Warbucks, right, looking for, uh, 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 she's not a gold digger. Why? Because she knew me when I was broke. She knew me when I was making four twenty-five an hour when, when she was supporting me working at Taco Bell, you know. So, like, we have all of that. The beauty of that is now I have a battle partner, as we hear in Sacred Scripture, to come alongside me and pick me up and point me towards Christ and say, look, it's not about the material thing. It's not about the house. It's not about the job. It's not about the, the, any of the things outside of let, let's, we're called to this vocation together. Let's raise a beautiful family. Let's g- help them grow in, in virtue and holiness, and let's get them to heaven. Um, what say you, Kenny? I just think it's, you know, you mentioned virtue, you know, because we can take this in either extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's me. And as soon as I find someone who's pushing me to heaven, I'm just, we just got to get married, you know? And yeah. I, that can be a state where it's like, okay, <clears throat> at least finish high school, you know, and get have some, some sort of prudence, you know? <laughs> so I think there's, true. there true. is some discernment. This is why it is discerning, you know? Like, there is prudence that is involved, you know, where it's, okay, maybe it's not the right time. Let's wait a year because I get the degree and I have, I'm working hard to get something lined up so that I can support my wife and my family, my future family, if God wills it. I think that's also important to be prudent and to have, you know, just that temperance where you're like, okay, I'm not going to sway the other way because, you know, you don't want to, um, you don't want to struggle, struggle. Yeah. You don't want to struggle. Yeah. Sacrifice where you're not ready for marriage, right? (laughs) Exactly. And so there's, there's either way that we can go and we can tend to overcompensate. Um, we can tend to over spiritualize things. And and so I think it's, you know, it's, it takes a lot of discernment, a lot of prudence and temperance. It is allowing God to work, you know, because there is going to be some suffering, but you still have to be prudent. You're not going to just go in and, and say, hey, we have a car, but it has one tire, and you know, and, and just go in hoping that the the road to heaven is going to be is going to be good. You know, if you haven't done the work to prepare in a certain sense, you know, because you're not going to have it all figured out. Like Mika was saying, you're not going to be completely ready. Um, but I do think there's a healthy prudence to, For sure. to do what you can to be ready. For sure. Um, so just, I just wanted to bring that point up as you know, we want to do what God wills, um, and oftentimes we can we ourselves because of our attachments, our fears, our sins, whatever we tend to go one way or the other. Um, so just kind of bringing us back to the center. All right. Parting words. Cause man, we've been, we've been going at this now for, for 40 some minutes. So uh, it's been a good, but good topic, but uh, parting words makes from the one who is about to get married, who, you know, 60 days from now, um, you're going to be, you're going to be a, a husband. And if, if, if God wills it soon thereafter, be a father. So uh, 
What do you got to say to your peers? I also be also be in Hawaii. So what's going on, guys? Um, other than that, though, um, I don't. I, I mean, for this, um, I guess mine would be more for young people because I'm not going to sit and try to tell adults how to, you know, do their relationship. You guys are doing it better than I am. I promise you. Um, just for young people, uh, stop listening to just the nonsense. Uh, when you know, you know, and you just got to pull the trigger, man. <laughs> That's it. You'll never be ready. Uh, I promise you, even though like you can have an understanding of what marriage is and the cross and stuff like that, you still won't be ready after you understand that. If you wait another five years, you won't be ready after that. Um, I mean, the reality, I, I like my boy, Tim Gordon, cause he just says, you know, like if you find the one, it doesn't take you that long. It shouldn't take you on six m- months to find out that's the one proposed. You guys aren't going to be living away or not having intimate relationships for longer than a year if you're young and stuff like that. So just get married and have kids and all stuff and be open. Like just that, like, I don't know, that fear that young people have. I'm not a huge fan of, but I've also seen my parents at a young age marry and, and at work and be really grateful that they did do that. And they were so open to God's calling and that kind of stuff. So I like, just don't be scared of that. And then um, just have humility because that's the biggest thing, me in this marriage prep process, um, me just reflecting on getting married, it's just a lot of humility, understand. Um, that was one thing I wanted to bring up, was like, for a lot of my relationship, it seemed like I was trying to show Ella all these things, and she was like, almost catching up to me within the faith, and some of my, uh, what our philosophies, and, and just maturity, whatever, being emotionally, stuff like that, and... I didn't look enough at myself at what I could work on as, you know, I mean, only being 15, 16, obviously it's hard to do that. But now I'm saying, well, there are so many things I had to work on just because I was the practicing Catholic doesn't mean I didn't have my failures and, and so many other vices elsewhere. And so like having that humility and always being able to look at yourself and like, man, how am I going to make this relationship better? It's not just about, you know, making sure they go to mass, which is obviously huge, but like, how am I, taking all that issues I have and patience and stuff and how's that reflecting on her or how am I taking this relationship how's it going to affect kids and all those kind of things so there's a lot that goes into it and it is scary but like you know just just do it you know <laughs> don't be scared just you just gotta do it it's life you know yeah and I think also surround yourself with a good support system right you can have this discussion with your with your siblings with your peers with your parents um, people that know you well enough people that you trust and people that can guide you along the way what say you, Keone? Um, kind of going off what you're saying as far as community, you know, if if you're wanting to find the one and, you know, you're spending most of your time at bars or, <laughs> you know, in, in areas, parties or hangouts that, you know, aren't really like find the one environments, uh, I would just encourage you to try to, you know, expand your horizon, join a group or, you know, something like that. So that's one thing is community is huge of like, you know, if you want to find a good fish, you know, you go out to the the better side of the ocean you know um so that's that's something that i wanted to point out but also just first for the the women out there to like you were speaking to earlier don't let lower your standards for us men who usually take a, a little extra years to figure out how to grow up and, and mature you know don't don't lower your standards actually be the queen and princess that you know men could actually aspire to be to to be like a knight to sit you know and to 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 earn just your your attention you know mm-hmm. like let's get back to that where like women were so prized and 
um, that man, like, oh, I need to step up, you know, I need to dress up and wear that tuxedo to take her to, to dinner, you know, that type of thing. I don't know if it has, has to be that extreme, but just that idea of like, we have to earn it, you know? And then for men, it's just the idea of just stepping up in, in general. You know, I think men are just right now, there's this, this overwhelming, and we talked about it in our false religions uh, episode of like, we're so consumed with our video games, our sports teams, getting the money, having the job, having the car. It's so material. And then we're like, I'll get married when I'm 35. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, and it's like there's this unhappiness. There's this aversion to suffering. There's this, I don't know, it's like a fear almost to settle down. Yeah. You know, like feminacy. Yeah. We talked about effeminacy, right? And so just for the men out there who are, if you are, you know, striving to be virtuous, you know, to have the, the open conversations with women, you're, you're really truly discerning, um, dating with, you know, and having that relationship with, to be the, the man, to lead, to be patient though, but to lead. Um, and those that are watching this and I don't know why they're watching this, but they're watching this and they're not living a life of faith <laughs> to start to have that conversation for yourself. Like Meeks, like reflect on your own, your own sins, your own vices, have that humility, but like, okay, I, I need to change first before I can even think about, um, trying to help another person get to heaven. Yeah. I guess the last thing I would have to say is, you know, um, this, this has to be rooted in Christ. Your faith has to be at the core. This is just way too hard of a vocation to try to live and do it on your own, uh, you know, according to your own volition, your own strength, your own will. Um, it, it ain't going to work. So, um, you know, God's got to be at the center. And I would say also um, realize that it, it's it's a journey. Um, marriage is a beautiful thing, um, but it's also a cross and that it requires sacrifice. Um, at times you're going to feel nailed to that bad boy, um, uh, you know, and that's just... Um, really the, the ultimate sign of love for us is that it's a self-giving love um and it, it it does not count the cost but it's the most beautiful thing right that you can sit here um and you can look at you know your your spouse your bride uh your your husband and realize like wow god chose god blessed me with that and then if children comes because you know uh, if god blesses you with that man there's just nothing there's nothing better right i'm living the dream when i think about pbk and and the podcast because i get to see uh, the invisible love between mom and I, visible, made visible. Um, you're about to get to experience that too, right? And uh, and makes you got you got that God willing ahead of you as well in uh, in a few a few uh, months here. <laughs> no pressure, but you're not ready. <laughs> you're right, no, not ready. Uh, yeah. So so what else we got to say, Meeks? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. It's one thing I heard. Uh, it was you know, Shame was listening to that guy. Uh, he was like talking about a way for wives to help their husbands, and a good one is ultimatums. He told me that's what he was, he was telling me that. And he was like, you know, a lot of wives tell husbands, you know, if you don't like and subscribe and comment to PBK, sleep on the couch, and it always works. Is what a Chin told me uh, personally. And so I would just throw that out there. You guys can chew on it. Let me know what you think in the comments. <laughs> well, yeah, we do appreciate uh, your time with us. A, a, a longer episode, but a good episode on dating discernment. And are you too young to get married? Um, keep us in your prayers. You know, we've got Miko in uh, 60 days uh, and plus and counting. Um, getting married with Ella. So pray for them. Pray for all those discerning vocation. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you want to hear. And until the next episode, get holy or die trying. Peace. Peace.